Welcome to the Monday edition of Transformation Radio, and to get us started today, we have some words from Phase 3 member Jeff Large, soon to be fourth phase. Jeff spoke last weekend at Encounter about what he is excited for its future at the Refuge Ministries, and some words of encouragement for the guys about his experience during his stay here. I'm excited about going to fourth phase. I got a few job opportunities. I'm looking forward to, to working and being a father to my kids. I want to put money to the side and, and buy a house eventually. Coming from a heroin addiction in two years and, and nearly losing everything I had, almost even losing my kids, coming into the refuge, I was broken, but at the beginning I was just going through the motions. For the first month, month and a half, I was just trying to get by. And I, I want to encourage everyone who's in first and second phase to, no matter what you do, don't leave this place without finding Jesus Christ. Don't miss out on that. Um, he's the only thing that's going to keep you. He's, he's the only thing that's going to keep you on the right path. In second phase, after just going through the motions for a month and a half, I prayed to God. I, I prayed for a stronger faith. I said, Lord, I believe in you. I believe there's God, but I want to know you personally. I want a real relationship with you. And within a week, I got a phone call. I had a warrant for my arrest. So I had the guys pray for me. We all circled up. They prayed for me. I got on my hands and knees, and I prayed and went to court. And I I was really scared going to court. I thought I was going to jail. And when I went in there, everything was 180, the opposite of what I thought it was going to be. The Lord completely showed favor on me and, and blessed me through just being obedient and trusting in Him. And I encourage all of you to put your trust in the Lord. He's going to get through this. And you're not only going to get through this, you're going to prosper and you're going to do well. I have a couple verses I'd like to share with everyone. These help me get through my times here. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. Pastor Don showed me this verse, second phase. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. And another one that's one of my favorite is Luke 18, 29. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. I just want to encourage you guys, this isn't all just for nothing. This this isn't just to get sober. That's just the beginning. Uh, With the Lord, there's more life and there's a happiness and a peace that passes all understanding. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 40, through chapter 9, verse 6. We'll read here today that the synagogue was the local center of worship. The synagogue leader was responsible for administration, building maintenance, and worship supervision. It would have been quite unusual for a respected synagogue leader to fall at the feet of an itinerant preacher and beg him to heal his daughter. 
Jesus honored this man's humble faith. A lot of people surrounded Jesus as he made his way toward Jairus' house. It was virtually impossible to get through the multitude, but one woman fought her way desperately through the crowd in order to touch Jesus. As soon as she did, she was healed. What a difference there is between the crowds that are curious about Jesus and the few who reach out and touch Him, long for Him, desperately need Him. Today, many people are familiar with who Jesus is, but nothing in their lives is changed by knowing He is God's Son. It is only faith in Christ that releases God's healing power. So are, are you just curious about God? Or do you reach out to Him in faith, knowing that His mercy will bring healing to your body, soul, and spirit? Well, certainly Jesus knew who had touched Him. He knew that someone had intentionally touched Him in order to receive some sort of healing. Jesus wanted the woman to step forward and identify herself. To let her slip away would have meant a lost opportunity for Jesus to teach her that His cloak did not have magical properties. It had been her faith in Him that had healed her. He may also have wanted to teach the crowds a lesson. You see, according to Jewish law, a man who touched a menstruating woman became ceremonially unclean. Well, this was true whether her bleeding was normal or, as in this woman's case, the result of an abnormal condition. To protect themselves from such defilement, Jewish men carefully avoided touching, speaking to, or even looking at women. By contrast, Jesus proclaimed to hundreds of people that this so-called unclean woman had touched him and then he healed her. See, in Jesus' mind, this suffering woman was not to be overlooked. As God's creation, she deserved attention and respect. Well, now let's read all about it here in the New Testament. March 30th, the New Testament, Luke chapter 8 verse 40 through chapter 9, verse 6. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about twelve years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for twelve years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, She began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just have faith, and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. 
The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, Stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, My child, get up! And at that moment her life returned, and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. One day Jesus called together his twelve disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Take nothing for your journey, he instructed them. Don't take a walking stick, a traveler's bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. Wherever you go, stay in the same house until you leave town. And if a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. So they began their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. Psalm 71, verses 1 through 24. Here's what we'll be reading about here today in the Psalms. The writer was old and saw his life as an example, a solemn sign or testimony to others of all God had done for him. Remembering our lifetime of blessings will help us to see the consistency of God's grace throughout the years, trust Him for the future, and share with others the benefits of following Him. Now, as we face the sunset years of our lives, we recognize that God has been our constant help in the past. As physical powers wane, we need God even more, and we realize He is still our constant help. We must never despair, but keep on expecting His help no matter how severe our limitations. Hope in Him helps us to keep going, to keep serving Him. A person is never too old to serve God, never too old to pray. Though age may stop us from certain physical activities, it need not stifle our desire or limit our opportunities to tell others, especially children, about all we have seen God do in our many years of life. Psalm 71, verses 1 through 24. O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me and rescue me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me and set me free. Be my rock of safety, for I can always hide. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of the cruel oppressors. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted in you, O Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb you have cared for me. No wonder I'm always praising you. My life is an example to many, because you have been my strength and protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. And now... In my old age, don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing, for my enemies are whispering against me. They are plotting together to kill me. They say, 
God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him, for no one will help him now. Oh God, don't stay away. My God, please hurry to help me. Bring disgrace and destruction on my accusers. Humiliate and shame those who want to harm me. But I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long I will proclaim your saving power. Though I am not skilled with words, I will praise your mighty deeds, O Sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp, because you are faithful to your promises, O my God. I will sing praises to you with a lyre, O holy one of Israel. I will shout for joy and sing your praises, for you have ransomed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long. For everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. Proverbs chapter 12, verses 5 through 7. The plans of the godly are just. The advice of the wicked is treacherous. The words of the wicked are like a murderous ambush, but the words of the godly save lives. The wicked die and disappear but the family of the godly stands firm. I dedicate this song to recession, depression, and unemployment. This song's for you. Today's a new day. Sunshine, nothing but clouds, and it's dark. In- 
ain't easy, but Today's a new day But tell me where are my blue skies Where is that love, y'all? Where is the love and the joy that you promised me? Tell me it's alright The truth is I almost gave up a power that I can't explain That Holy Ghost power, y'all Fell from heaven like a shower now Now I know we've been hurt, y'all But still scripture reading begins in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, 
which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty, that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. One of the best concealed landmines in the life of a believer is covetousness. We tend to think the term simply describes a desire for an item belonging to another person, but it goes deeper than that. Covetousness is an intense yearning for something we do not have, coupled with the belief that we will not be happy or satisfied until we get it. If we're driven by an insatiable longing that distracts us from our relationship with God, then we're in danger. Such intense craving is really a form of idolatry. Our preoccupation with satisfying the desire translates into our placing higher priority on the object than on God. That is the very nature of idol worship. We all have desires of the heart, and many of these are planted by the Lord Himself. Longings within the framework of God's will are acceptable. For example, there is nothing in the Scriptures that says it's wrong to want a nice house or a reliable car. God has a purpose, plan, and time worked out to meet our needs and supply legitimate wants. However, when we choose to fulfill a God-given desire in a way that is not in keeping with the Lord's will, we are guilty of covetousness. The reason covetousness is so damaging is that it has no end. When we achieve one goal that we thought would satisfy, we discover that we're still not content. So we look to something else that we think will bring satisfaction. But nothing can bring peace and genuine contentment to our heart other than a relationship with Jesus Christ. you done, but all you can give me, your one and only son, and I try to fathom, till all that you are, but let's so follow, you're so beyond me, and a part and in reverence, and a part and in fear, so I'm asking you, Lord, won't you please draw near, to open my eyes, so that I can see, how you are, so working in me, all I need is your love, so come and fill this heart of mine, I deserve desert that is gone dry I need your love to carry me by All I need is your love To come and fill this heart of mine Out is a desert that is gone dry I need your love to carry me by By, 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 by To carry me by By, 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 by To carry me by For love by love by For love by For love by to lay down my life and to put it before you and to put all that I have to in your hands and to knock on a question or the why you're so faithful to the why that you give me the blessings that you do that glory be known that glory be shown to lift you up onto the throne you are my God you are my King to you I give I give you everything all I need is your love to so come and fill this heart of 
mine I is a desert that is gone dry I don't need your love to carry me by All I need is your love to come and fill this heart of mine I is a desert that is gone dry I don't need your love to carry me by 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 to carry me by 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 to carry me by for love and by I need your love to carry me by Would you come and feel this heart of mine Cause I can't do it alone And here I stand with my My arms open wide asking for you to come up inside Won't you come and feel my soul Cause I need your love I cannot do it alone No, no Won't you come and feel my soul Cause all I need All I need All I need is you my God All I need is your love to come and fill this heart of mine. I is a desert that is gone dry. Need your love to carry me by. All I need is your love to come and fill this heart of mine. I is a desert that is gone dry. I need your love to carry me by, 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 by. To carry me by, 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 by. To carry me by, for love and by. Today's word, destiny. Juan Wilson from Jackson, Mississippi, who is in adolescent development, wants me to talk about destiny. By the way, Juan, I, I know that you're in adolescent development, but I know an awful lot of adults that <laughs> they're still in adolescent development. They're, they're still trying to, to mature. I, I often kid with people and say that uh, maturity doesn't always come with age. Sometimes age comes alone. But anyway, uh, destiny is a word that I think all successful people feel. I think successful people sense their purpose. And they feel that they have a, a reason for living, and they have a destiny, a place in life and in history and in the influence and development of others that really matters and really counts. Um, here's what I know. With a sense of destiny tomorrow, it gives you determination today to begin on that path. But when we have no sense of purpose or destiny to be honest with you, most of the time we flounder today. So tomorrow's destiny becomes today's direction. I want you as you are, not as you ought to be. Won't you lay down your guard and come to me? The shame that grips you now is crippling. It breaks my heart to see you suffering. Cause I am for you. I'm not against you. If you wanna know how far my love can go, just how Drops in the ocean 
That does it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening and make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.